clockwork, we are back. Hello, peeps. Uh, what did I call you guys? My fan base? Oh, my blind spots. Um, yes, hope everyone is just having a relatively decent day. You don't have to have a fantastic, wonderful, or they say it, uh, Texas Roadhouse, a legendary day. You just need to have, you know, just hopefully you're doing all right. Just staying afloat. Um, but obviously, I, I hope for the best. But, you know, we all can't have the best. <clears throat> some can. Some can't. But, um, no, it just sounds like I'm hating. Um, Bullet is now scratching one of his scratchy posts. Yes. And he made an appearance. There you go. For you all who are such a fan of him. And you just listen to the podcast just for him. Uh... Yeah, I guess we should just get into it. I'm just trying to figure out. I realize this is just the intro part. Um, you know, cuckoo, um, brain fog, everything kicking in at once. But um, this is episode 179, if I did not say. And um, again, let's just jump into this guest. Uh, a friend of mine, please enjoy. Thank ye. Hey guys, we are here back in the lab, I guess. Me and Bullet, he is, okay, he just, he moved, so he knows his name. Um, we are ready to go. Um, our last, our next guest, I should say, uh, I met on Podmatch. I feel like I haven't done a guest off of Podmatch in a minute. Um, I've been finding him in other areas, but uh, he called me the other day after I gave him my number, and I thought it was weird because I could have sworn we had already done an episode because we've been talking about it for a good while and uh but he actually has a legit story he's a really fun guy i've come in very friendly with him and um just enjoy his conversation and just you know he's got good you know i'm always big on like good energy and vibes of a person and uh yeah he's enjoyable to talk to so uh and he has a, a hell of a story to tell so you want to uh introduce yourself buddy and tell us a, a little about yourself yeah, thanks, Peach. Um, I'm Ethan Bach. I wrote a memoir um, called Straight Out of the Cuckoo's Nest. And if you've seen the movie um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, right. you know the subject matter um, about Jack Nicholson, right? Jack Nicholson? Yeah, Jack Nicholson, yep. About him being in a mental institution. So there's lots of that in my story. Um, uh but basically the short stick of my story, if you want to put it that way, is uh, at 17, I got a brain tumor. I had surgeries and whatnot until I was like 19. And then because of the medical steroids they gave me, I went to a psychosis, a steroid psychosis. Um, and, you know, this, this craziness, hospital delusions hallucinations and stuff and uh then my family and i moved down to california because they wanted to be closer to family and also they wanted me to be closer to ucla to get mris and get better doctors there and stuff and um but then there there was four more psychotic psychosis episodes that happened each one kind of got more involved and kind of longer and kind 
kind of worse. And I know that I wouldn't be alive today if it wasn't for my parents, um, an ex-roommate I had, and just pure dumb luck. Um, sure. Because there were many situations where I was, you know, walking in the middle of Death Valley by myself. And, or, or just lots of other situations. Um, but yeah, overall, my, my, what I like currently, because I've gone sober since then, that was like, last episode I had was middle of 2020. And since then, I've, I've gone sober and I've been sane the whole time since. And so I've been working myself up to writing this book. And uh, now I've started a nonprofit, which literally just went through the bank and stuff. It opened up yesterday. Um, so that's cool. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I'm really into my work and trying to spread awareness of the things that I've had in my life and reduce stigma because I think I'm the right guy. And a lot of people think that anybody with psychosis or schizoaffective disorder in their past, you know, must be bonkers or just really off-putting. Yeah. And I don't think I am. So, um, and yeah, right now I, I like movies. I'm really into movies. I've, I was going to film school before my brain tumor and, um, video games like, We've talked about some video games, and he introduced me. Uh, Tim introduced me to a friend of his that also likes video games a lot. So we're maybe gonna play soon, which is cool. Yeah, Joe's been mentioned yeah. on the podcast because I um, I interviewed his mom and dad. Um, Joe has a, a brother with autism, and uh, oh okay. And his mom and dad not only helped take care of him, but they also had a lot to do um, their hand in um, what do you call it, Special Olympics. So. Oh wow! So they've been on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're good. They're he has a very good family behind him. Honestly, I've been to their house multiple times and for dinner. And, um, but one of the things I want to say: so a lot of this, you would say, probably just you know, beginning of your journey where life got a little hard. It started with your tumor, right? Yeah, that's where all this started. And you said it. How much? How did it affect your vision? Um, it didn't affect my vision at first until um, a number of years later, let's say like 2015 or something. And it, it first occurred in 2010. Oh, okay. Um, which is weird, because, but it was because they installed what they call an Omaya Reservoir into my head. Hmm. And it's basically a very long little like little tiny teeny needle type thing that goes down into where my brain tumor used to be Oof. and it it drains cyst fluid from a cyst that was there also but it, it kind of protrudes from my head like a little mini mushroom um it's underneath my hair so you can't really see it but you can feel it right um and uh so one, so like when I, I randomly hit, hit my head on that spot on my head, of, you know, just what, doing normal things and sure. or rubbing it too hard when I'm taking a shower or something, and then my eyes would start to go double. 
or like extra blurry when that happens. And I've tried to get it figured out in surgeries for years. Um, but just till, until recently where I actually did get a surgery for my eyes, they kind of like, I don't know exactly what they did or I don't remember, but it was something like they cut away some scar tissue that was caused by the, my cat, oh my cat laying down into my travel bag again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it, so it was touching the, my, my reservoir seems to make my eyes go double even more than what they normally go. And it's really hard to explain unless, like, I'm in the room with you and you can see. But um, when I'm looking down with my eyes, like, not my head moving, but just my eyes, mm-hmm. um, when I'm looking down, everything seems perfect and normal. But if I look up, then it goes double. Mm. So anything with like looking up or looking like past the middle point of your vision, uh-huh. it is when it goes double. I don't know. Well, I, yeah, I, I, because of my vision, I can kind of grasp what you're saying. I don't know if everyone else can, but yeah. Um, and again, that's the whole, the body is such a screwed up place, but how many things can just be off in a different way? There's there's people, like I knew a girl I worked with who like had like really good vision, but like she could only see out of like the corner of her eye. But she could see out of that corner, she could almost see perfectly. But like the other part of the eye was like really bad. Like there's just, there's all the, like again, scar tissue. Like I have a lot of scar tissue damage and that's that caused up a lot of problems and you know, and, and yeah. which is weird because one of the things they said that caused it for me was surgeries, but then to correct it, they wanted to do more surgeries. It was like, well, this makes no fucking sense. Um, but um, yeah, like, yeah, there, there's so much and, and the eyes are so damn sensitive. This, you know, there's, you, you don't want to screw with it. Like I have a problem where my lashes scratch, they curl under and they scratch and, you know, because I'm trying to get this other procedure that, um, you know, is going to give me more stem cells because right now I'm very I'm lacking in stem cells. Um, oh. Any real scratch could cause scar damage, which could really screw them up more. So, I have to be careful. Um, how does the, how does the stem cells work and like help and stuff? Because I thought that I always thought that used to be like the next big huge thing. The stem cells were going to cure everything, and then it kind of died out or something. I don't know. They do, yeah. I know what you mean. You don't hear about it as much. Um, in this case, they're mixing it with like blood of a donor, which somebody who's has to be exactly uh, a match. In this case, it would be my mother. Um, and somehow it's, it's the, like paste. I don't know how exactly they do it, but there's some sort of paste or something on my eye. You know, they have to make an incision in hers and 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 then uh how they lather up i don't know how exactly but then i have to take anti-rejection drugs for like five years because my body is just going to reject it because it's foreign cells um but it it could possibly help my vision um we don't know how much and i don't really want to know as long as it helps a little bit but i don't want to know too much because it's like I, i think i've told some i've told a few people in the past like if they were to tell me hey this could help you 50 percent, and then it only helps five like right now i would take five in a heartbeat but if if they promised me fifty and it only helped five, then the five would be disappointing. So, um, yeah, 
but yeah, I've had so many eye surgeries, it's ridiculous. And um, yeah, again, but mine's mine also wasn't caused from a tumor. Um, I just yeah, was, no, you know, my, my tumor was um, it was a very it was low grade. I think it was the grade one. And some people like that that like have no or are in the know about tumors. I tell them that, and so you kind of see on their faces like, "Oh, that's an easy one, you know, you're fine." But um, it was in it was in the deepest part of my brain, by my brain stem. Hmm. So no doctors would operate on it or anything. That's why they installed the Omai Reservoir thing. Yeah, and you tend to go uh-huh. years a lot of times before you even hear anyone will even do anything. But that was a thing with my right eye. It's like your left eye is too bad to do anything, but your right eye we can do stuff on, but we don't want to touch it because it's all you have left. And you, you end up uh, waiting and waiting, and like a decade will go by, and then someone will come out of nowhere and go, hey, well, we're on a clock here, but we can do stuff. It's like, oh, well, shit. Like, why did it take this long? Yeah, yeah. Doc- doctors and how long it takes them to get back to you really uh, depends on how bad a situation is. Because I remember, I remember, like all my doctor stuff since my brain tumor. Um, it's always taking like extra long for doctors to get back. You know, they. I don't know, but with the brain tumor, I got the MRI. My doctor called me on my phone like two hours later and I was playing the games with a friend. The actual doctor called, called you. Yeah. Wow. That doesn't happen. And, very uh, often. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. That has, has not happened since then, but that first time that happened, there was like something obviously wrong. The doctor's calling me. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's definitely not the normal. I've had that happen before, but it, it, it rarely happens when a doctor actually calls, especially that soon too. Um, yeah, so it kind of freaks you out even more. Sure. Yeah, especially when you're young like that too, and you you just you don't really, you know. I I, I do for me. I, I believe what happened to me happened to me at a good time because I because now I, I I'm so aware and I know you know more knowing of of certain things now that like my anxiety would go off the rails. Whereas as a kid, I was I was a pretty brave kid. I was scared, but I was brave, um, but still that unknowing and, and just, you know, uncertainty and all that, it just, it, it screws you up. Cause you just, you know, especially in your case. Yeah, I, th- I think for me, if it were to happen, have happened around now, mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm like decently smart and I know about brain tumors, I would probably freak out more like you were saying. Right. Whereas when, when I was a kid and I got it on 17, I think I was just naive. And just like, oh yeah, the doctors will fix me. It'll be good. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling fine right now. Like there were there were physical problems with me too. I got a reckless driving ticket just from my hands on the wheel shaking and my my foot on the pedal shaking. But I I don't know. At the time, I don't remember being scared, which is weird. Like that's why I chalk it up to being naive. But I don't know. (laughs) Um, so like all these like moments of like psychosis, is, is that caused from the tumor too? Or is that something totally unrelated? Um, the tumor is a, is a part of it. So, um, I learned through my research for my book 
I went I went on YouTube and you know searched around for psychosis things. And I found some lectures by a guy named Kwame McKenzie. He's from like London, I think. Okay. And he's he's some sort of expert on psychosis, and he's talking about what causes it and how there's so many different risk factors and and things that make up psychosis and psychotic breaks and um like one of them is if you were if you grow up in like an inner city then you have you know whatever more times chance to get a psychosis when you're older just because of the city and the noises and congestion and stuff um but anyway my mind the first one was definitely brought on by some of the tumor, a lot of the steroids, and then some drugs. Just me and my friends being stupid, smoking like spice and stuff like that at the time. Okay. Um, I was going to ask you what you were into, so I figured it had to be something crazy. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so, but the rest of the uh, psychosis psychotic breaks that I had in California those were probably just a mix of a couple things um, stress just from um, I was like working for Game Show Network at the time and I had to commute like three hours to get there each way and it didn't be much time to do anything else and I hate driving on the freeways in LA it sucks um so that plus, um, I guess, oh yeah, plus I wasn't taking my medications as well as I should have at the time. Like I said, just young, stupid, naive. I don't know if I'm like 20 at this point, 21. Um, and that's because I was into drinking also. And I was, I was kind of like left with the, with the decision, like, I could either take all my pills right now at nighttime to keep me away from psychosis or I can get wasted and have fun getting drunk. Yeah. And most of the time I chose that. So, oh, oh my God, she scratched me. She popped out from the bag, <laughs> my travel bag. Anyway. It's, it's playtime. Um, now, what was it, what were, you know, it may be a weird question, but what is, what was it that you were trying, because you said that you had like a very good supportive system around you, family and everything. What was it that you were like escaping from or were you just like in a weird crowd where you just were kind of like peer pressure type of thing? Like what, why were you, you know, drinking and doing drugs and, you know? Um, I think it was because a, a little bit of escapism from, from a family and stuff, but also the main thing is just because the first psychosis, the wildest, most darkest psychosis I had was the first one and the, the fifth one. So because the first one was so bad and so dark, um, I was just, you know, reeling from that and just kind of reliving it too much and trying to forget that. Um, I, I've gone to some therapists that I, I've never been diagnosed with PTSD, but I've been to some therapists where they had me do PTSD exercises because I thought that, you know, I pretty much had it. Um, 
and I did some ASMR, I think it's called, um, where they put like headphones on you and play okay. boops and <clears throat> weird noises. And yeah, sounds but, and things yeah, to relax you. Yeah, they, they're trying to make the memories more relaxing in your mind. Um, yeah, I'm sure you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Ah, it's crazy because yeah, I mean, like you said earlier, it, it it it. I like to get to the stigmas and the misconceptions. A lot of these things, because you're right. A lot of people who say they have psychosis, uh, you know, spells or whatever you want to call them, like they, you know, you think that oh, this person's walking in the street and they're not saying anything, and oh, they're crazy. They do this and they do that. It's the same thing. Like when people look at homeless people, it's like, well, they, it's because they were drunks or or whatever. And it's like, no, like it's not always the case. There's 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 things that are, you know, uncontrollable. There's yeah. there's certain things that you just that are like unexplainable. You see, you see a homeless veteran person, and then you could think like, well, they they saw their friend's head blown off one time. Like that might make anybody gone all it really. Yeah, there's some things that are just unexplainable, and and a lot of times we don't even understand certain things that happen to us or how we react to certain things until we open that like Pandora's box and and go shit. Oh, that was in there. Like you know, I was talking that with somebody recently. Just how a lot of times we bury so much in our like proverbial closet, like we just shove everything back there because life continues to go on so much that we don't really tend to address a lot of our issues because life, you know, it's, it's not like life just stops. You can't just sit there and, and I mean, sometimes you can, but for the most part, you don't have a lot of time to just sit there and go, Oh yeah, I have a disability. Oh yeah. I was raped or, Oh yeah. Like a lot of times you can't, unless you just shut down. Um, but if you're still trying to, you know, you know, work in, in life and just move around, you have to kind of adjust and just keep on the fly and just, you know, one day you'll get to it. And sometimes you open that closet and, and, and a whole fucking heaping load of shit just falls out on you. And you're like, Oh my God, like I need to do some, yeah. I gotta do some cleaning here. Over the past like 10 or 12 years, I've been going through this stuff. I've tried to go back to college for like probably five different subjects seven different colleges just keep myself busy and to get a degree but then you know something else happens and then you have to stop um and uh but finally once i moved here to bend oregon i went and i got my creative writing degree online and that's kind of what sparked the let's write a memoir thing because i didn't at first, I thought I was going to write just a bunch of short story books. I have a few short stories out there somewhere. Um, but um, the memoir just made so much more sense. And, you know, I, I wanted to get my own history out on the page kind of thing. Um, and then just turned it up, blossomed into all this other stuff, nonprofit and everything. That's kind of how it works, though, because there's a lot of things that have come down the road for me, podcast-related-wise, I would have never considered doing or um, never would have happened if I didn't do this. And it's kind of, you know, again, I, I, I struggle with the idea of God, and I'm not saying there is no God, because I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm just, I struggle, because I'm such a visual person, that's the, ir- the irony of me, and 
Uh, there's some things that's just like I need to physically see. But there are things, there are moments that are unexplainable and it, it does feel like somebody is guiding me in a certain direction. And so I'm always like aware of that. I'm trying to like figure like, like how did I get here? And then I'm like, well, I, I took this step, but I took that step because I had this feeling. And then I went in that direction and did this and that. And yeah. it, it's, it's, it, when you go yeah, back you know, to look at my, it, it's pretty interesting. In my day-to-day life and in my book, I do mention God a lot. But when I say I mention God a lot, I mention the name God. Like when I say like, oh, God, someone just did this, or, like, yeah. the holy God, or I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't necessarily believe in the existence of God and that kind of stuff. But I I just I love the positivity and the, like, togetherness and the brotherhood kind of of the positive aspect of of religion yeah when it's um, done right yeah yeah like when you go into a drug rehab place or like alcoholics rehab there was not i don't know if they always do this but they did when i went i went to one in san diego once and um they had they split us up into two big groups it was like this these people are going to go to this fun class and just learn about how to get off the abstinent you know, through normal means. And this group's going to go off and learn about how to be abstinent from the Bible stuff. And I could not decide. I, I went back and forth between the rooms like three times because like, I, I would, I would honestly like the, uh, the Bible room better until they start talking like, you know, God's doing everything for us. And it, it takes away from your own hard work and what you've done to be sober or like to get sane and stuff. Yeah. But just like writing off and saying, like, oh, like God did this for me. No, I, I, I can't put in hard work to do this. Yeah. And so I'd go back over to the other group. Um, but yeah, that's, that's some of what I think about religion myself because I, I realized that in my book I do kind of quite say God or Jesus Christ kind of stuff like a lot sure. but it's not necessarily like I'm going to church and yeah. reading the Bible and like all but, that kind of stuff but whatever helps you helps you and like to me I, I, I believe there's something out there I just don't know what but it, it's, it's just yeah, hard to like, explain like it's like like I like to say that it's not that there's the God that everyone talks about, but there's a God somewhere. Yeah, yeah. There. There's definitely I believe there's definitely something. I just it's just we as people fucked up a lot of this stuff. We like to make up what is what he's saying and not saying and it's just a bunch of people wrote some shit and most of that stuff it, yeah. in general is supposed to just get you through the through your life. They're symbolisms, they're not real stories. But people take it legitimately and, and they mess it up. And then there's certain sayings and certain things, you know, that are said in there poetically and everybody interprets it in different ways. And it's just like, hey, man, like, will you stop? Like, just come on. Like, <laughs> and that's why we take we, we, we find ways to take away the beauty in life because there is so many beautiful things. Um, and, you know, I, I've yeah. said this so many times as a person who 
can't see all that well, the things, I mean, that's, that's one of the things I've been able to tap into is one of my superpowers is I see a lot of things. It's just, I don't see the things physically as well as you see it, but I see so many things that are just, that are just so obvious to me, but aren't obvious to the average person because people are so biased. Different thing. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't like when I, when the elections come up, I just roll my eyes and go like, what's the point? Like, why would I vote for either one of these? And then, you know, but then it's like, well, you know, you can't have a saying, you can't have a say in this because, and it's like, no, man, I always go with the George Carlin theory. It's just like, Hey man, like you voted this in, this is your problem. Um, and I'm not biased towards like, if I, there's someone I really legitimately think is going to win and I like, yeah, I'll vote for them. But I'm just not voting for two crazy people who don't give a shit about anybody other than just to, to get to the top of the, you know, the, the hill. Food chain. Yeah, I don't, I don't give a shit about these people because they don't care about us. And um, But it, yeah. it, I'm just uh-huh. using that as an example. But anything, that's just like I'm not biased towards, you know, the, 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 the Android no, no, Apple no, I, like, I like that you're kind of like anti that stuff because in, in my book, there's a chapter or two about I think maybe the two, yeah 2016 election um, between Hillary and and uh, Mr. Trump guy yeah. and um, that kind of caused me to go into the psychosis actually because, oh no because it just caused so much fighting between fam not family but friends more so and also I took it to I mean once I was in the psychosis it was like. You know, I could be Trump's fake son, or there's some other dark conspiracy I'm trying to figure out. And I thought I was in the middle of, you know, a conspiracy movie kind of thing at that point. Oh, wow. Um, it's just crazy. So now, now I really try and not pay attention to politics that much. Yes, I mean, like, it, it squeezes through on something, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah, but but I mean, like I don't speak out the news and stuff all the time, so yeah. Um, I only just learned about the the Maui fires like a few days ago. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm trying to stay yeah. away from it because it's really bugging me. But like the more the more of these fires and shit, like I just I just it makes me detest people more. I know I shouldn't say that because I interview people for a living and stuff, but I. Like, it just makes me, because it's like the, the same thing that happened in Australia. We lost a billion animals. Yeah. And, you know, the Cal- California, I think, is still on fire. Canada is still on fire, I believe. Like, we're just burning. And then, then you got certain parts of the country that are just are getting floods. Like, like why? Like, it's just, we're continuing. Yeah, here, here in Bend, Oregon, uh, there aren't any fires like in this city, but there's fires nearby. So last like week or two, it's been some of the worst air quality in the world, actually. Yeah, um, so sad. Just from smoke. So the beautiful views are not beautiful views anymore. No, just we're burning down so many, just so much nature and animals and just just houses and just, just so much is getting destroyed because we can't help ourselves. We're in, yeah. It's it's really unfortunate, and like I said, that's that's another thing. Like I I can see, like you just see the evil and the kindness in, in certain things, and you know that's why I don't rush the judgment on people. 
but also like I can see I can pick up on vibes on people where I'm just like okay like I don't I don't like what this person's putting off and um but like yeah I could imagine things could be crazy for you what I was actually going to ask you is because you play I know some of the subject matters of the video games you play they don't cause any kind of psychosis because there's some crazy shit that goes on in those games um yeah i'm not sure which ones exactly you're talking about but i've definitely played some games where um the one that comes to mind is evil within if you know that game your friend probably does i think i've heard of but it but i don't know much about it it's called the evil within there's two there's two of them and there are many scenes where you're like in a mental position and being held down by someone or something and you know when i'm when i'm totally outside of a psychosis and like far away from me because it's been three years since my last one um i i think you find with that kind of stuff but there was a time you know in between my psychosis you know psychosis two and three or three and four where that stuff really did bother me um and i don't know i i think i think the biggest difference between then and now is just that i'm sober off weed um I know weed isn't horrible for everyone. There's actually there's actually a few different genes I found with my research, and uh, if you have the genes, then you have a much higher likelihood of getting psychosis. But if you don't have the genes, then you're probably fine smoking weed. Um, <clears throat> and that's that's kind of what my stance is on that. But yeah. Um, that makes sense, though. I mean, there's there's people that are allergic to water. So, like, you can imagine there has to God. be something where people can't take... Like, weed isn't for everybody. It's like we talk about church. Church isn't for everybody. Like, weed, it, it, it helps a lot of people relax. It helps a lot of people with chronic pain. And then there's some people that, like, just... It's just not for them. Whether it's it affects them negatively or they just don't like the residual effects of it. Kind of, kind of like mushrooms. Um, I've never tried mushrooms. Well, I did one tiny little bit one time but I don't really think it affected me at all to such a small amount yeah. a long time ago but um, a lot of people talk of mushrooms as being like the magical experience that changed their life and it's so amazing but at the same time for me mushrooms can really fuck you up if, you had, if you've had a psychosis or schizoaffective disorder so I'm staying far away from it sure. and I kind of wish that was different. Cause I want to, you know, I want to, I want to have a happy trip out for once. But I know that my mind could probably turn against me if I if I'm tripping. So yeah. Now, can you, when you're in one of these like psychosis spells or what? How I don't know the exact exact term, but um, like, can you do you know what's going on? And then second part to that, like, uh, like what actually is happening to you during these moments? When you say no, what's going on? You just mean like, like, are you aware? My, my stream of conscious, yeah, kind of thing. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I remember. I that's why I wrote the memoir, and I think the memoir is so good and well written, is because I could remember what I was thinking at those times, and what I did, and why I made certain decisions. But I, I know that they're dumb decisions now, you know. Um. um was the second part of that question? Um, like, what actually happens to you in these moments? Like, because I know you said you were just like walking on death row. Like, like, 
you know, because is it does it does it just feel like a dream that you're in? Um, I mean, looking back now, it feels like it was yeah some sort of dream that I just remember really well. But at the time, I'm pretty sure that it just it felt normal, except for the fact that I thought everyone was out to get me either. Um, filming me through the Truman Show delusion and being an actor and, and trying to make me do certain things or that my girlfriend was kidnapped and I had to go save her somewhere. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think that many people, if, if they thought that those things were happening like I did, like I believed that, that, that the delusions were happening, with every fiber of my being at the time. Mm-hmm. And if you did too, you'd probably be like, holy crap, I need to go save my girlfriend because she just got kidnapped by a drug dealer or something. Yeah. Um, or call the police, you know. Um, I, I think that a lot of people would do the, some, some of the same things that I did. Um, if they thought that those things were happening. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, because it, it's, like I said, I can kind of envision it, but it, it it's hard to imagine just like, like, can you, like, you know, if you hurt yourself, could you actually feel like pain? Or are you just like completely like, you know? Um, You know, I talk about this in my book that, that there's, nothing like resilience and strength and my uh I forget the word but as being in a psychosis for me because I was just so hell-bent on whatever mission I had it was, it was always a life and death situation and I was in the middle of a movie but it was a life and death situation at the same time and um so I guess I didn't feel pain most of the time, but I do remember specifically climbing a fence, falling off and twisting my ankle. And that was like a big deal for like a week or two because I was in like a wheelchair um, and that hurt like shit. So Yeah, um, I meant like during, like how long do these psychosis usually last? The The main like, like high tiered level of psychosis, yeah, probably probably month. Oh, um, oh, Jesus, uh, month. Okay, I was visioning like you, li- like I, honestly, I was thinking of it like a um, what do you call it? Like like sleepwalking. Like you just like you go out for a few hours, go for a stroll, come back, and then all of a sudden you just like you're looking at your life. Yeah, like, you where know, the hell was I for I, for five hours? I belong to some schizophrenia and psychosis subreddits on Reddit and. There are there's people that come on there and they say some things and I used to kind of get mad at them thinking like mine wasn't like that, but really it could be just different for everyone. And um, yeah, for me the main the main part of it lasted a month and then it would always take like probably four or five months to kind of come down to a base level just like to be perfectly not perfectly normal but I mean mostly normal again. Because, like, for instance, one time 
when I came out of the mental hospital, I was living with my parents. And this is probably like a month after I came home. We went to like Target or Walmart or something. And there's a homeless man outside. And I remember like I was, I was feeling like I wasn't doing other crazy things, but something in me told me like I need to get this man some food right now so I ran to the like ran or galloped or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. um, to the nearest chip aisle and, and I grabbed a like, party pack of chips and just ran out to the store I didn't pay for it okay. and I gave it to him and I was like here you go and then I went back and back and no one stopped me or <laughs> or anything. So so yeah, there's there's a, there's definitely a time of coming down from it, but still kind of like, yeah, you probably wouldn't do that if you were normal. Yeah, you could have been like a superhero. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, like I said, I'm so fascinated because this is like so foreign to me. Like I've heard of certain parts of it. I've never really known anyone that really went through it as bad as you did and um, like i said i was yeah attributing um, it to like a like a, a sleepwalk where it's just a couple hours but you you said oh like a month that's crazy well, well the thing is that like a lot of people i think have gone through psychosis whether i think the main cause of their psychosis for most people is probably drugs or alcohol because you can get psychosis from alcohol it's called delirium tremens uh-huh. um that's from the book of AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. But um, I forgot where I was going. I started rambling too much. Uh, we were just talking about how long a psychosis lasts. and um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where you were going to go. Um, but it's all right. No, but like I said, I, I just find it so fascinating. That's why I like doing these because it's like I always said, like I wanted to create a safe space for people to just be able to like be themselves because there's a lot of people could hear this in certain contexts and whatever. I'm just like, what the fuck is he talking about? Like, I don't understand. Like, okay, so he's just randomly running into stores and grabbing chips and feeding the homeless. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's you know because then because then you know i'm sure some people could even probably have in your past have just been like oh he knew what he was doing or um you know again like i said it, it's it's a very i don't know i mean like so when when people find out when they actually find out that you're having one of these do they end up sending you to a, a mental hospital like immediately my my parents the first few times they didn't at first because they didn't really know what was going on. But then as it went on through different psychoses, they kind of got used to knowing how to, you know, try to not have me escape into the middle of the street, like butt naked or anything like that. So, um, it was a question again. Just like about like, you know, your family, like would they put you in a, a mental institute once they knew you were having a, Psychosis. So yeah, they 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 tried a few of the last psychoses, but the police would tell them, "Well, he's not being a danger to himself or anyone else." Even though I'm doing crazy shit, I'm, I I never like physically <clears throat> hurt people or like you know shot up a school or anything like that. So, because right, right. um, everything for me was just, just intensely fearful of everything. 
kind of the opposite of that. Um, but I did end up agreeing to go. I don't even know how I exactly I was convinced to agree to go into more institutions because honestly I hated them at the time. Um, but now I realize they're you know good places. They just have a hard time trying to take care of their patients, and also they don't get much funding. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, they, my parents called over to the house, like some sort of team of a few guys that were intake people for a nearby hospital, and they and asked me questions, and then. They finally were like, do you agree to go in? And I think I was a little kind of at first, but I was, I, then my parents were like, we can't take care of you anymore. But, you know, with all this crazy shit going on, like, you know, you, you can end up dead and all that stuff. Yeah. So I think that's why I agreed to go in the last few times. Is um is that like a real worry for you that you will do maybe not necessarily shoot up a school but do something that's so heinous that like you're gonna come out of it and just have like absolute regret? Um, I I don't want to give away this part of my book because okay. it's like a main crescendo of last psychosis. Um, but there is a situation that almost it could have and easily easily ended up different than I could be in jail right now. I'll okay. say that. Gotcha. Um, what? what and, but it didn't. End. Nobody got hurt or anything. All right, that's good. Uh, when when was your last one? Uh, my last one was in, like I said, I think it was the summer of 2020. Okay. And then after I came out of that one, and I kind of was feeling better than my parents and I. My parents retired. They retired early, I think, because of me and also just because they didn't like the commute to L.A. either. Um, but uh, then we moved up to Bend, Oregon, because my brother already lived here. And, sure. Yeah. Um, what, what do you know, like, the longest you've ever gone without having one? Since I first got one, I think it is now. Now, okay. That's what I was wondering. I was wondering if, like, maybe you're heading in a better direction. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. You know, and I, I can't stress enough how much, because by the time I, I got sober from weed, I'd already been sober off alcohol for, you know, months at a time here or there. And it, was, it honestly, being sober off the alcohol helps in a lot of ways, but is the weed that it just totally clears my mind. I can see goals that I set. I can move towards them. I can, I don't know, think clearly, not have brain fog. And it just, I think that really changed my life more so than the alcohol being so about alcohol. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Um, so two more questions and then we can just promote everything and, and then, uh, get the hell out of here. Uh, yeah, so uh, has there ever, like, been diagnosed or anything that's come out that you, like, is there something that's similar about every one of these psychosis, like something that could have caused it within you? Um, I don't want to say caused it because, like I said, there's many different risk factors that go into each one. But there there are factors that have been in every one um, in the psychosis in day-to-day life. 
which was the Truman Show delusion and my ex-girlfriend from like 2009 or 10, which I haven't spoke to in like 12 years, by the way. It just said when I first had the first psychosis, it was right around the time she broke up with me. So I think that kind of paired the two things in my mind or something mm-hmm. to where whenever I was in a psychosis, it was like, oh, I'm I'm back the first time again and we're together, you know, kind of thing. I don't know. Sure. Um, and then my, my last question before we kind of get to what you're doing today and, and all the your memoir and all that. Uh, do you have, because you said you're a movie guy, so this is off subject. Do you have like a top yeah. five favorite movies? Top five. Ooh. Or you can just, you could just, you could just give me a few movies that you really like. It doesn't have to be actual top five, but. Um, I've always liked The Departed. Okay. That's a great movie. I've always liked The Grand Budapest Hotel just because of the, the imagery and I, I really wish it was a real place. And uh, then I've always liked um, Forrest Gump used to be my biggest answer when someone asked me a question like that. But, you know, when you get older, you realize how, like, I don't know. Like, there's positive parts of that movie. I don't know if I'm wrong. But you realize how, how bad Jenny's life was and how she kind of used it the whole time um yeah there's some really darkness to it. there's some real like dark moments and and things that like subject matter in that movie because there's just not the things a couple of things that have come out where people are frustrated that like so many people with disabilities don't ever get any kind of roles like that and again he, hanks was great but there's there's times where it's just like why is it that someone actually has to play one to be on the screen but yeah it's still a good movie it's sure. just you know it doesn't you know, you know has moments Speaking of disabilities and actors and movies, there's a kind of a friend acquaintance of mine that a host of another podcast um, named The Film Vault, and they're all about movies. And um, he's making a movie right now, a documentary called Loaded for Bear. And it's about a group of what do, you, do you call it neurodivergence? Um, you mean uh, like people with special needs? Actors, like like autistic actors, or okay, yeah, they have yeah. autism, and uh, they they're part of this acting group in LA, and the documentary's on them, and they're making a movie off it. Okay. They're making a movie off the documentary or something, and uh, yeah, they're they're just great people, and. Uh, I'm hoping that that documentary works out because, yeah, there's more rep- rep- representation for people with disabilities and, you know, just some different walks of life that maybe are misunderstood. Um, yeah, that's why I was so... Kind of what I'm doing, you know. Yeah, that's why I love, like, R.J. Mitty, the guy who plays uh, Walt Jr. in Breaking Bad and... Yeah. Uh, people like that. I really identified with him when that, when that came out. Yeah, I tried to get a, get a hold of him. He's hard to get a hold of, but, um, but, but I mean, I just love that. I mean, he, you know, he has the condition and he advocates for it, and he also is on one of the greatest shows ever. Um, 
it's yeah i love i just you know that's the type of stuff we want to see and i get like sometimes it happens whatever you know you can't always find somebody to play these roles but there are enough of us out here that will do it and and you know again i can you know it's not we can't yeah, just beat up tom know. hanks because he is an amazing actor it's just you know yeah it's frustrating when you can't find someone with you know with that condition to actually even play the role. Actually, you know, one of my, one of my favorite little gem movies is that no one else talks about. And also I think in, at the time it got bad reviews, but I don't really know why I enjoyed it. It was, um, the terminal with Tom Hanks. Oh yeah. I've seen where that. he plays like an Arme- Armenian, maybe guy that he comes to LAX and in the airport and then he loses his passport or something so he has to be stuck at the airport for like months okay. and he can't even speak English yeah so it's, it's, so it's kind of funny I like what you were saying about one of those movies earlier is that like like places where you can just escape in those worlds that's why I've always been like a big Tarantino guy or um, yeah like I, I love the movie like from dusk till dawn because it's just such a weird ass movie um, <laughs> yeah. because it's George Clooney's like first ever movie and it's just it's two movies in one it's just these guys who these two well one really heinous brother in Tarantino's character and then the other one he's just kind of a, he's a he's a piece of shit too just not as bad and then he breaks them out and it's just this whole thing they're on the run and then all of a sudden now they're in a bar and there's vampires it's like oh okay. <laughs> yeah and it's it's kind of got some cheesy shit to it but there's some great actors in it and it's just a fun movie and it's just like i just would like to be there and of course the delicious yeah i need to watch that again i only saw it once like 10 years ago i need to watch it again they even made a show they they tried to make a show about it actually the same guy made it um rodriguez uh what's his name uh, oh okay uh, I forget his name, something Rodriguez. He um he made the show, but like they overdid it because like the Tarantino character, there's a scene where he like is talking to the girl, I forget the girl who plays her, and she's just like saying sexual things to him, but like she's she you know, he's actually kind of having his own psychosis moments and he cause he hears things and he doesn't really like he just he hears things that aren't actually happening. And then but in the show, it happens like every five minutes and it just takes away from it because it's like, all right, we get it. Like he's just hearing things all the time. And it just it took like I guess the movie just as much as I'd like a mini series of it because it, it gave you some background information on it. But it just yeah. it, 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 it drug on way too long. <clears throat> yeah, there's some movies and even commercials that they've made TV series off of that just end up not being very good. Yeah, and there's some things that just... Even if, even if the intention behind it is good or sound. Yeah, and there's just some things that were meant... Like, The Sopranos was meant to be a show. It couldn't be a movie. But, like, you know, there are some things that just... are Like, there's just some things you can... Because there are things that characters need to be drawn out more. And, and like I said, Breaking Bad couldn't have been a movie. You can... There, there yeah. has been a Breaking Bad movie, but, it, it you know, it's wrapping up a character. But you know you can't do that whole show like that like it but there are movies like the departed you can do you know you can do that in two two and a half hours or like lord of the rings or you know you can do them in a couple movies um or like yeah or like the marvel movies where you can break it down into multiple different you know characters and and just attach the whole universe in one um but yeah it just and it's, it's good that we have both which unfortunately as much as I'm a huge movie and TV guy, mine, forget the strike in general. I think just entertainment just hasn't been, you know, as fruitful. Like we're not getting as great a content as it, we used to it, get. It's not as original and, you know, everything is all about sequels and what it was famous in the past kind of thing. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, I watched um, the latest Transformers, and I was so disappointed. It's like, oh. Um, I actually just watched a movie last night that it reminds me of my psychosis, but it's not necessarily like he's having psychosis. It's called Bo is Afraid. Have you seen it? Okay, I, I seen the, it's on Netflix, right? It's on Amazon Prime. It's Amazon Prime. I watched it. Okay, well, I saw yeah. one of. I have one of. I have that platform. Okay, I, I saw a preview of it, but I didn't watch it. Yeah, it's 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 definitely nuts, man. It's like nonstop, just like crazy shit happening all around them. And I, and I I don't want to give away the story of it, but oh, I'll watch it. Is it a movie yeah. or a show? The movie. What's it called? Three Bo, hours. Bo too. is what? Bo is afraid. Is afraid. Okay, I'll check it out. Yeah. <laughs> I I couldn't believe some parts, but I'm I I had to stop halfway through. I'm like I can't handle all this at once. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. I'll, I'll, we'll we'll get done. Let's get this done, and we can talk about whatever else because we'll just go on forever about other things. And um. All right. So why don't you you know promote like your memoir and you know and then just kind of like why you started a nonprofit and what what's the whole gist of it. All right. So my memoir. Is, is not out yet, but it will be soon. And it is called Straight Out Straight Out of the Cuckoo's Nest with like the Straight Out of Compton. And like, right. so it's marrying between Straight Out of Compton and One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest. Sure. And, but the subtitle beneath that will be A, Sur- A Survivor's Journey. And if you go to Instagram and you type in Straight Out of the Cuckoo's Nest, with uh, underscores in between the words, you'll find me. And I update that the most. Instagram is where I'm at, where I'm at the most. Okay. And uh, but I do have a website that has much information and cool stuff on it. And so you just straight up googlesnest.org. And I started the nonprofit aspect of it because. I've wanted to create so many documentaries and other books and stories um, based around the ailments I've had and the things in my story, but I didn't quite know how to, you know how to go about trying to get them all together into a, a cohesive, you know, product or get them funded really. Um, is what it boils down to, but with the with the nonprofit, then I can try to get donations and things like that. And the, I wish I had my mission statement and my vision statement out right now, so I could tell you exactly why I started it. And because I just made the mission vision statement like two days ago, and I don't really remember it off the top of my head. This is embarrassing. But um, I started it because I want to reduce stigma or surrounding people like me that have been through addiction or mental health, serious mental health issues, um, raise awareness around those issues, and also just, and also educate people because my my parents, my dear parents, that have had to try and help their son survive into his thirties, um, 
if there was someone like me already out with a book and maybe a movie or something, by the time I had my psychosis, then there would have been so much more information readily available for them to find online and stuff about the Truman Show delusion and psychosis and stuff that I'm aiming to, you know, put out there with my book and my other products of my nonprofit. Sure. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's, again, I'll say it. It seems like I say it every damn episode, but that's why I just love people who take their pain and they, they turn it into something beautiful and they're trying to help give back because, you know, no one wants to, no one wants to go through this shit. Like, regardless of whatever, having a disability, mental health, you know, psychosis moments, like, you know, being homeless, having addiction issues, all these things that we cover, like, no one wants to, like, no one wants to see other people go through that. We don't wish this shit on people. I guess, I mean, unless yeah. you're just a cynic or you're just a, you know, deep, you know, like a dark hurting just person that just wants to see other people hurt too. But like, no, that's not what we want here. Like we just want to help because like it's sometimes some of us have to be like sacrificial lambs and we have to go through it and try to find ways to solve it. Uh-huh. So others don't have to, you know, in, in, endure it themselves. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I don't hang up cause I want to talk to you about something, but, uh, I appreciate you coming on buddy. Like I said, you know, I'm glad we've become friends and glad I can hook you up my friend Joe. Yeah, and, totally. And, uh, yeah, you're a good dude. I'm happy we actually finally got to get this done and, uh, yeah. Thank you again. Yeah. I, I'm glad to be here and I may well come back to the future. Sure. See everybody. Mm-hmm.